I got a printer. I got a printer today. But you know, the, the printer's useless without paper. I don't have paper. So I have this printer, but I have no paper. You know, this is the kind of banter I think people want. Well, I thought we were starting PrinterCast. We're talking about what the fuck is PrinterCast? PrinterCast is a podcast that talks about the interesting and fascinating world of printers. My least favorite piece of technology in the entire world. I fucking hate printers. The burning passion. Because there's always shit. And for some reason, they just stop working. You know, guys, I was going to do an intro where it was something along the lines of like, Hey, last episode was Valentine's Day. Well, last actual episode was Valentine's Day. And that was all about love. But this one, we're doing a March Madness thing. So it's like we're fighting and some something like that. And then David just started riffing about printers. And so now it's just that. We're doing that. Welcome to FeatureCast. My name is Ethan. Uh, welcome to PrinterCast. My name is David. <laughs> God damn it, PrinterCast. Recorded from deep within the great lakes of the internet live. Two men buried under bad movies and popcorn try their best to survive. But how long could that possibly last? Find out as you join Ethan and David in this episode of FeatureCast. This is going to be a really weird conversation because everything that you say is going to be about movies and everything I say is going to be about printers. Wow, are so we keeping it the whole time? We'll see if, 100%. No, jeez, no way. Like, I'm done with it right now. I mean, I'm just going to do my normal thing. And I'm going to do a completely new bit that's going to be like an hour long. Wow. All about printers. David, did you know we have a new category? Ooh, uh, I did know that we had a new category. It came to me in a fever dream. A fever um, dream. Oh, is this like Mother? Like it's just like mother but i don't know about better uh would you like to tell me about the new segment i'll what what? i don't know hello david hello david yes um so the new segment (laughs) is an addition to our first impressions category yeah we were watching too many new movies and not enough oldie movies. Yeah, and like that has always been something that I've been trying to chip away at is my blind spot, or what is better known as my backlog. I don't. I hated that you said my backlog and not the backlog. I hated that so Fudge. much. Want to redo it? Well, no. It's I'm keeping it in because it was disgusting, and I want people to hate you. Oh my god. We're we're going to do the backlog. So this one movie, every episode we have to watch one movie from a list of some classics. Now some of those are contemporary classics. Um, yes. Like I'm what tonight I'm going to be watching The Hunt for the Wilder People and Ooh. probably talking well, about that I on have, the next episode. For my backlog, I've added Paddington 2 because Oh my god, you're sleeping hard. Sleeping hard in that I soft have. bear, huh? Wait a second. What? I was at a party the other day. They had, a, oh. they had a table that was just like, it was like paper on the table, and the instructions yeah. were, draw your waifu. And I drew Paddington, the greatest bear to ever live. What kind of parties do you go to? I go to a mm, really gay parties, the- I think. <laughs> parties for gays. <laughs> okay. Only gays allowed. Sounds like fun. That's why I didn't invite um, you, you hetero bitch. Yup. Oh. Rude. What do you got? What do you got on the backlog? We're gonna do some first impressions first. We'll talk backlog, and then we'll do the other first impressions. Then we're gonna get into this weird March Madness thing, and we'll explain that when we get there. And we will get there eventually. But first, we're gonna talk about these dangled movies we see recently. 
so the movie that I was l- luckily enough able to cross off my backlog but simultaneously see in theaters was Perfect Blue. Hell yeah. This is a great movie. Uh, this is... I knew this movie was going to be a trip because of everything I had heard about it it's before. Wild. and wild. It's... Dude. A, it's gorgeous. It's... It's, some, it's got some nice cinematography in there for an anime movie, which I mean, most of them really do. I think that was such such a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I know. And then you I was complimented like, the movie, talking? and then you took his entire genre and just took a dump on top of them. <laughs> Let me restart this. I'm sorry. I'm waking up. I'm still waking yeah, up. Yeah, it was pretty good for banana bread. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I love bananas. Don't you I, mean, don't go I got like bread. It, I got. I got nine bananas in my kitchen right now. That's nine. Wow. That's what? That's not That's a lot of bananas, right? That's... So you saw Perfect oh, really? Blue. I saw Perfect Blue. Uh, and I was lucky enough to see it in theaters, which it looked stunning mm-hmm. in theaters. Um, I was unlucky enough to sit in a sold-out theater next to people eating very loud food, which was kind of distracting. Uh, but um, Do you want to give your review as if you're in the movie and then I can be like loud over here? Wait, what? Oh. Like, do you want to... I'll just be like... <laughs> I wasn't in, like, a, a, a jazz bar. Hey, I'm like, a like, perfect I'm never in the movie theater. I'm a munch, munch, munch. I don't have any snacks in here. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have just done some snacks. Instead, I did a weird hillbilly dance, I think. I don't know what that was. I'm still very confused. Um, So, this movie is... It's kind of a mindfuck. It's a pretty big mindfuck. <laughs> I wouldn't say kind of. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so one one of the things that they can do with animation is, and and they use it brilliantly. Mm, that's Brill- a fun word. Mm, what was it? They use it brilliantly in this film. Ooh, it, they use it well really passed. well in this film. <laughs> okay, that's a lot better. <laughs> um, <laughs> so so they fully utilize the way that you can shift, like perception or expectations of what's actually in the frame so they have these like fantastic transitions that just completely like you are snapped to a completely different time and place and you don't realize that you've changed time and place for a while yeah and that was something that you had told me about it when you first saw it i think that was your first time seeing it Mm -hmm. when you told me about it um i've only seen it the one time so i was kind of expecting that and i think that's why i walked out of this thinking it was less of a mindfuck than it actually was. But I will be honest, with about 20 minutes left of this movie, I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea what's real, what's fake. I'm going to have to Google this when I get home. And then the last 20 minutes, really, it, like, grabs your hand nicely. And it, like, walks you to the end of the movie. Yeah. And it's like, this is what's been going on. But and it's I was like, still, thank you, movie. Like, it's so, it does so much beforehand that's just wild that I still really, really enjoy. Because, like, with... There was so much that they could have... They could have gone, like, 40 different ways at the end. Yeah. And and then they went one way, which I really liked. I think I think they, they tied this up really nicely. Do you think they did um, it the right way? I think so. I mean... So you're saying the that other they, way would have been... They, they did the right thing? I would say that... They did the right thing. Hey guys, it's time for my review on my backlog. It's Do the Right Thing. Spike Lee's film, Do the Right Thing. That was beautiful. Wasn't it, was it a, a trans- good transition, transition I did? Yeah. I think 
think the film is almost as good as my transition was, which is near perfection. <laughs> um, this no, is, this is my humble co-host Ethan. It's it's a great movie. Uh, I'm gonna quote it a lot forever because it's really good. There are certain really? scenes I probably won't quote that were really good scenes, okay. but maybe I shouldn't quote them. <laughs> do tell, do tell. Please elaborate on um, what you were alluding to. So, all right, here's the basic premise of the movie. <laughs> I'm going to skip over that fucking bear trap you just laid down. I saw you lay it down. <laughs> I saw you build a tiger pit. You dug all the you dug all, all the dirt, and then you put a bunch of spikes in the bottom, and you put all those leaves on top of it, and you're like, why don't you jump in here, tiger? And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Rawr. To my defense, I feel like you dug the hole and put the spikes there. <laughs> I was true. just like, that looks pretty convenient. I and put I a just spike like threw leaf a, down there. I put like one leaf over this entire hole. The leaf just went into the hole. David, did didn't you cover it up? Did you hear when I said I put a spike Lee down there? I did not, but like it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thanks. It's the hottest day in Brooklyn. It's gonna be hot. Uh, so the wear wear black to absorb all these heat rays and storm for the winter. That's the line from the movie. Um, <laughs> hottest day of the year, right? Tensions, like racial tensions in the community. As, as the, the temperature gets hotter and hotter and hotter and the day gets longer and longer, those tensions rise exponentially, right? So every every mm-hmm. single thing, like every little snide remark or like just, just mean comment out the side of someone's mouth, every single one of those exacerbates the problem like tenfold until it kind of erupts in this insane uh, end sequence. Not super insane. Of its time, apparently very controversial. Um, it deals on a lot yeah. of topics that uh, at its time and even nowadays aren't talked about as much as they probably should be for how common they happen. So it talks about gentrification. It talks about climate change. It talks about uh, police brutality. It talks about all these things. Um, it's really, really good. <laughs> um if not sometimes a little too on the nose, but that's very spikely. You know, that was the big complaint a lot of people had for Black Klansmen. Not necessarily me. Um, was about how much, like, especially at the end, it's like, hey, this is the message, this is the message. Hey, ding dong, look at the message. But then again, like, maybe we need filmmakers to do that because they gave Green Book Best Picture. And that's the double truth, Ruth. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> Zing is a hot one! Um, so that was one thing, like, if you saw Spike Lee's Spike Lee's uh, post Oscar speech, he was talking. I think he got one question where it's like, if you could make, I th- I think he specifically asked if you could make do the right thing nowadays, would you change anything about it? And his answer was basically talking about how like the topics he was bringing up in that movie are still topics that need to be brought up nowadays, which I thought was that's the thing. It's one was- that like it definitely felt like it was in a certain place in time, but not necessarily needing to be of that time, you know. Yeah, like it, it definitely breathed '80s and '90s culture. Like one of the uh, one of the characters, Radio Rahim, just carries around a giant boombox playing um, Public Enemy. Um, uh, David, have you heard the song "Fight the Power"? Fight the power. I have. That I, song was I, written I, I, specifically for "Do the Right Thing." That's true. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that super cool? So a lot of cultural impact on this cool. film. Really good. Uh, Definitely watch it if you have a chance to. If you like Black Klansman and saw that, but you're like, I don't really know a lot about this Spike Lee fella. Check out, check out, do the right thing. You know who else has uh, had a pretty high level of cultural impact? 
Yeah. Kill me now, please. Just what? What possibly could you be alluding to? David, I swear to God, if you're going into any of these, if you, there are two docu-series that I will so for kill my, you if you transition into cultural first impressions, uh, we're going to be talking about Leaving Neverland. You motherfucker. Uh, the documentary about and surviving R. Kelly, my two favorite people, R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. This summer, the Weinstein Company presents. Uh, speaking of Weinstein, he, he's also being a doc this year. Do you know that? I'm not surprised by it. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. Um, so, Leaving Neverland is the four-hour documentary that HBO broke up into two parts. Uh, talking about Michael Jackson's relationship with two young boys, coming from the mouth of the two young boys now grown older. It's, uh, it's, it's fucking brutal, dude. I'm gonna say, the, the part one, I think is a lot better than part two. I think this could have easily been cut down to a three-hour documentary, which then could have been shipped off in a single part. Mm-hmm. But, but that last hour still, it... It wraps up the story, I think, in a nicer bow. Then, if they would have left it out, it would have just been, like, a fucking, like, brutal uh, depiction of the celebrity. So, I, I have not seen this. Um, what I it's... what I do want to say to anyone listening is with any sort of series like this that's like, oh, the big truth is out. There's always, like, a lot of them have, they definitely have a certain agenda they'd like to push on and a lot of times they have a great deal of evidence to support that um but always go into things like that in mind so that's the same thing with like any of those like netflix true crime things it's like yeah they want it to be interesting no they're not it's not the news you know yeah so it's it's supposed uh, to be entertaining and some of that is going to be with shock value again have not seen it i can't either um a so, condemn or condone its its merits you have so i will leave the burden of truth completely i mean i don't think there's really i think <laughs> for all my first impressions i don't really have any, much to say because they're all like brand new like this just got released a week ago so i think if you know what it's about and that sounds interesting then you should watch it. it like for for somebody from like my age range who like lived through all these like weird phases yeah. in Jackson's Bobo the monkey. life, it's it's really interesting to get the context. Do you remember watching this documentary? That, what? Do you remember Bobo the monkey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> weren't they gonna make a movie about Bobo? Were they? I'm no, like. I'm pretty sure there's a movie in development about Bobo, but I'm pretty sure it might not come out now that this whole docu yeah. expose. It's uh, it's it's hard, dude. Like there were some scenes that were like extremely hard to actually like watch and listen to. Damn. Um, another. <laughs> another. Hold on. No, let me figure out the best way to transition into this one. The safest clearest way what's your movie what movie is this gonna be another film that has weird pedophilia involved with it is border interesting (laughs) transition um Um, 
Border is a really good movie. It's a Swedish film. Um, nominated for an the one Oscar got... for best hair yeah. and makeup. For troll makeup. For troll makeup. It's was it better makeup than the trolls in Bright? Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> That's gross. Uh, I don't want to think about that. You know, you know we're getting a Bright too. Are we really? Are they gonna have a yes. script this time? No, obviously uh-huh. not. That's too bad. Um, <laughs> so Border is really good. It's it's a modern, dark, twisted fairy tale. So it, it has a lot of urban legends into it. it. It's it's one that's closer related to the like original grim fairy tales and how those were told. Ooh. Um, but it, it still has a lot of very modern elements to it. Um, so like the the job that a troll has because they can you know smell what people are are hiding or feeling. Um, yep. <laughs> Ethan, you gotta open up about these things more often. Which things, David? <laughs> you don't hide it. <laughs> I just want to talk about border. Anyway, so she's had border. The main troll. I'm very sad. You've unleashed me. I am free. So this the, is <laughs> this is a weird transition after from, from leaving Neverland. <laughs> Um, is a border security guard. Okay? So, like, the TSA. Oh. But obviously not the TSA, because it's Sweden. Um, but, like, they'll pull people aside and be like, oh, you're smuggling booze and you're underage. Like, get out of here. You know? Or, at one get point... Get out of here at one point it's, they, they find oh. uh, a, um, an SD card on a gentleman. As soon as they pull the SD card out, he tries to eat the SD, SD card. Um, turns out there's a whole bunch of child pornography Obvious. on it. That she kind of oh. starts helping them figure this out because they realize that she has something special, and even though it seems weird, they she might be a huge asset to it because they they don't even know like they know the building, but they have no idea what apartment it is. So they're trying to help um, figure it out. Meanwhile, uh, another troll comes through, uh, and there's this kind of realization of like. That's another person that's different. Oh, what the heck? They start talking. He moves in. And things go from there. Uh, It's super dark. There's a lot of very uncomfortable, not only scenes, but themes. Um, Ooh. It's... Good wordplay. It's whack. (laughs) It's it's really good and really enjoyable. Definitely some hard-to-watch scenes. Um... But I think if you're open to a foreign language film that has to do with trolls and pedophilia, you'll probably you you'll probably fit selling in. Selling this it. in a weird way. It, it's um, really good. <laughs> well, on the topic of young people. Oh my man, we kids. really got to get out of this hole we dug. David, now we're both in the tiger pit. Uh, I saw one of A24's newest films called this the greatest title ever to uh, be bestowed upon a movie. Uh, the Hole in the Ground. The Hole in the Ground. That's a song. The Hole. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. It's also a movie uh, about a boy who discovers a hole in the ground. Um, wow. But it's really about a boy who. So a. Mother and her son move to a, you know, 
a new city in like the woods. I don't know if they ever say what city. Small city. And one day they have a fight and the boy takes off running into the woods. The mom chases after. Can't find him for a little bit. And she discovers this big hole in the ground. And then he reappears and weird stuff ensues. Uh, then ah. she starts having these feelings like, this is not my son. It, it, it kind of feels like a combination of Goodnight Mommy and the Babadook. Okay. Mainly be in, like, themes of the movie. Uh, single parenting and stuff like that. I love this movie. I thought this would be my number one of the year so far. And also until, holes? Like, no, the holes aren't really holes. No, no, no. No, no, no. More, more, I, they more call him Zero because he doesn't say nothing. When a cowboy... Jesus, what is happening? Um, <laughs> but the last, like, 15 minutes of this movie, like, the climax of this movie was not that enjoyable and uh, it was kind of brutal not wow. brutal in like a brutal way but like brutal is in oh what's happening to this movie that i really enjoyed Ooh. i would still say it's worth a watch i th- still think it's a good movie some pretty good acting um just that ending kind of kind of sucks I dig it kind of sucks you can dig it so it, it, it was had a good build up but then the payoff was completely shattered <sighs> well, yeah, I just think for the budget that this movie was probably working with, what they eventually decided to have be their ending, they could not afford to put that on screen, and with what they ended up putting on screen, just did not work. If that makes sense. That makes sense. I get what you're saying. Um, I get what well, Sorry. Well, no, it's all good. Um, I, I saw another film recently. Oh, you uh, saw This film was recommended films. by our good close friend steve <gasps> fuck oh, sorry i just realized <laughs> i i mention his name david and you lose it oh son of a bitch i just realized i what movie i wanted to put on my first impressions and the hole in the ground was the movie that i put on like as my third like as my final one ah, so you're gonna replace that and, one and now i don't know which one to talk about because I have one spot left, but I really wanted to talk hey, about it. Hey, side note for Steve. Hi, Steve. Um, we fi- hey, Steve. we tied during the Oscars based on the conditions that were set upon us. Just just so you guys all know, all you listeners. So we're gonna do we're gonna do a special but, episode wait, 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 for, wait, wait. The, we, for the Oscars. We, I think there's a different way we could phrase this. I one by one, but because I made a last second change, Ethan installed the rule that forced a tie. Right. Otherwise, we would have still tied anyway. So. But I still made the change on my own volition, and I still... Would yeah, have it was weird. It's like, I Ethan won. was like, this is the film that probably will win. I'm fairly Did certain this one, one's going to win, but I'm going to go with this Did one because I've actually seen it and I really liked it. And then David was like, oh, this one's going to win. Let me swoop in there and eat interesting. it. It's an interesting thing to know the movie that's going to know the movie that's going to win, but not pick that one. And then when the other person Maybe picks Maybe I like it, an underdog story, right. you know? Should we talk That's about why Glenn I thought Close Glenn Close Coleman? <laughs> the real underdog story goes to Olivia uh, Coleman, which is David's bracket, which is the real winner, but, but, but there's rules. Anyway, we're going to do a special episode uh, with some very fun involvement from our friend Steve. It'll be great. Look forward to it. That should come out next month. Tentatively. Is that the plan? Ten- okay. <laughs> um, 
So, Steve, um, let me borrow a movie. Uh, and it's taken me a while to watch it ooh. just because that's how I am. What was it? The movie is called Rain Over Me. Um, Like, wait, wait, wait. Like, like live action? E. I. G. N. Rain. Yeah. Over. O. V. E. R. Me. M. E. Can you go back? Can you spell over for me? O. V. E. R. <laughs> yeah. This is the you borrowed rain over me from Steve. Mm-hmm. Is this different, Steve? Nope. It's not different. Steve. Interesting. Whoa. Anyway, well, so this movie has Don Cheadle and Adam Sandler in it. Um, yeah. Basically, a a dentist who is his life is good but not great. There are definitely some issues with it. Sees an old friend that he hasn't talked to for years that has quite uh, a lot going chat? on. Um. And What's through that, on? the dentist also realizes that maybe he's got a lot of things going on that he hasn't been honest with himself. But definitely, like how Adam often he's Sandler brushing his teeth, that's a lot more going on. Are you flossing? Mm, yeah, daily. Mm, are you though? No, you caught me red teethed, red gumped, red gummed. <laughs> oh, um, there's this a lot of good be, things like, about what this I've movie. Heard. Hold on. <laughs> I was pitched this as Adam Sandler's greatest dramatic role. That's what I was just mm-hmm. about to say. Um, and I think he does a really good job in it. There are definitely points that, to me, it came off somewhat cartoonish for Adam Sandler. Ooh. Um, but it did, I don't think... like the, the times that were really good were the most sincere moments. And the times that were not as good were kind of passing moments. So I think, in the end, it's still a very positive performance from him. Don Cheadle, though, is really, really good in this. It, there, there's a real, like, subtlety and, like, kind of quietness to him that, like, you can get a, a performance through his eyes. Like, you can see all the different, like, you can see him thinking of all the different things he might want to say before he says it. And that's really, really good. Um, it definitely follows some some pretty generic story blocks, but it's got strong performances that that glide you over them and don't make them feel too i don't know too shallow i still i really Mm. liked it um i don't know if i'm gonna watch it again uh i still love don Cheadle though don Cheadle is fantastic that's cool thanks (laughs) (laughs) i mean this has been a movie that's like like five or seven years ago i was interested in seeing and i just kept never seeing it mm-hmm. and then it completely just fell off my watch list um but it it's always sounded good. kind of interesting i enjoyed it i don't i don't like there's so nothing i regret up. watching about it well it's not like you were saying that it was it took you a while to watch <laughs> it did take me a little bit <laughs> no no just to so actually I start thought- it i watched oh. it all in one sitting Oh, okay, okay. I thought I thought you were saying it was like one of those movies you kept starting. Oh no, no, no! I've just had the DV, the, okay. the I've had the Blu-ray for a while. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, man, I I meant to bring it in with me to work today so I could give it to Steve, but I didn't. Whoops! I'll bring it later. <laughs> Whoops, a Daisy. Whoop. So okay, I'm I'm gonna talk about one movie, but I'm gonna say that I saw another movie. So today <laughs> I saw The Beach Bum, Harmony Crin's newest movie. Mm-hmm. It's a wild ride. This is not my first impression, even though it is my first impression of the movie. Right, but you but my, just saw it. I just saw it. Like, like I today. saw it five hours ago. Um, 
pretty cool because it comes out in like two weeks. I felt pretty VIP. Um, pretty VIP. I also I also had some buffalo cauliflower bites there, dude. Fucking really good. I don't like buffalo that much. I love the cauliflower bites. I'm not a big fan of buffalo sauce, just in general. Hey guys, like that's a little a bit about me. That's a little bit about uh, me. So my third that's first impression about is. Me. <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna is be me. <laughs> fucking kill me. Uh, is free solo. Great fucking flick. The best documentary of 2018. Wasn't this one of my w- first impressions last episode? Was it? I don't know. I think so, because I uh, talked about how, how I saw it in IMAX. Could have been. Could have been. I also saw it in IMAX. And I fucking Hold on, let me listen to the movie. whole episode real quick, just to make sure. <laughs> uh, this is the story about Alex Honnold climbing El Capitan, ex- specifically the Freerider Trail. And it's such... So, I was kind of thinking about so, this today. It's like... My parents are currently... In- <laughs> Stop it. They have these I have to listen to the whole episode. Shut. No. This is going to sound terrible. This is a You're terrible bit. I mean, it happened. I was going to say this episode. This is why we need show notes. <laughs> um, I have show notes. They're just not thorough. <laughs> so... I was thinking. To this anyway, tell me about Free Solo. Like I haven't heard of it. This documentary would have been an amazing visual experience, even if the story was terrible. You know. Mm-hmm. But it also is a great story with great characters, a great relationship, and like an unbelievable fucking achievement that he does. And it's just, it's such, it's such a special thing to watch. And also, like the way they showed the trail up the hill. And the different, uh, whatever they call them, whatever they are. Oh, like the like the, uh, the the points or whatever. Yeah, the way that they display that is so creative and so cool. Even though I was watching, uh, the Don Wall, which is a movie again about somebody climbing El Cap, but on the other side of the wall. Uh, Wait, and the they Don do a Similar wall? thing. The Don Wall. It's a, it's another. Yeah, route. yeah, yeah. Uh, they me- literally mention it in Free Solo. Do yeah. they? They they mentioned Dude, I, that guy because yeah, they're friends. Well, yeah, he's yeah. I think he's in the dock. Uh, did you know he is actually missing a finger? Uh, yikes! Did you know that one of the mention... filmmakers from Free Solo is from Mankato, the town that I grew up in? That's pretty cool. Really? Mm-hmm. Who? Jimmy Chin? Mm-hmm. He's from Mankato. Yeah, he is. That's this fucking is wild. what I was told by my friend. Uh, did I'm, you know I, I have also less watched... confidence now that you've questioned me? I just didn't realize that. Um, he also did another film called Maru, which is could have been a first impression, which is also really good. Talk about that climbing. just got added to um, Amazon, didn't it? It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really gonna, oh shit! I'm, I'll have to watch that then. Uh, but that's also that's about Jimmy Chin actually climbing. Ooh. But Alex Honnold is so fuck. He's so funny, like and not always in the most uh, socially acceptable ways. No, but he's just hilarious. Like, like I don't think I'd want to hang out with him. <laughs> I would totally want to hang out with him. Um, he he definitely, uh, I definitely would. But like when he's talking to the class and like the kids like how like how much money do you have and he's like you know I'm like a I would be like a mildly successful dentist. Like that's pretty <laughs> funny. That's pretty fucking funny. Uh, I really love this movie. If I would have seen this last year, it would have made my top seven easily. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Easily. It's really really good. I want to see it again. I've never, I've never had a doc. I was like, I need to see that in theaters again because it's such a visual achievement. Like it's, 
some of the shots are just like, what the fuck? I saw, I saw a documentary in theaters in IMAX. I fell asleep during this one. Did you fucking really? For a little bit. I just got into a car accident like five minutes fuck before you. it. And I was just... Also, this kid was eating pretzel bites right next to me. Mouth wide open the entire time. I couldn't even hear the thing take off because he was chewing so loud. Hold on. No, that takeoff was so... Okay, any, any. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I, I'm not even joking. He was he was so Apollo loud. Apollo 11 just like, is some beautifully restored 70 millimeter film that had previously been unreleased to the public. Okay? And everyone, like, they've gone through... I, I was they, able to they, see it before. Shut the fuck up, David. I will eat your whole dick. Whoa, buddy. Munch, munch, munch. Got him. Somebody was eating my dick and they said, munch, munch, munch. I'd be so scared. <laughs> I'd be so scared. <laughs> oh, man. I am so tired. Munch, munch, munch. Okay, listen. You're t- I'm very tired. <laughs> David, I just said I was going to eat munch. your dick and then I got really close to the mic and I said, munch, munch, munch. <laughs> That's a whole new um, level of time. I poured two cups before the show. I poured, I made some coffee and then I made a drink. And I was like, which one should I start drinking before this episode? I went with the coffee. I made a mistake. Because <laughs> clearly. I watched Apollo 11, which was about the moon landing. Specifically, like, it starts off, what, maybe two hours before launch? Like, we don't have to see them being like, mm, three this and is a half bad. hours to be exact. Okay. So this is really, really good. Even the, the times that they don't have, like, great footage, it's still, like, it, it's a cool enough experience that you can kind of forgive it if it's yeah. extra grainy. There are some parts where it's, like, they took pictures every couple of seconds, and then they kind of fade it. That was really, I really like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there are some Did parts you know that I Did you know my dad really was like. there for the launch? Oh, my God. That's he awesome. Saw it live. I know, right? Papagetti? So. Hell, yeah. I, I really want... I really want to take him back to the movie and be like, do you see yourself in the crowd here? Like, does this look familiar? Because, like, that'd be crazy, That right? would be super cool. Like, um, there's a chance he's in the movie. There are certain parts where they have, like, multiple people, like, or multiple shots on the screen at the same time. And it follows a really modernized version of the Art Deco aesthetic of the time. I was geeking out hard. I was like, fuck, that's so cool. I love this. Yeah. Um, when they actually launch Apollo 11, I felt like I was getting punched. For like two minutes with the IMAX sound, oh, it's Plot unbelievable! Twist. Ethan was actually being punched, and it was yeah. It was a large man named Brutus came in and he <laughs> gave me a smack right on my goober. Um, Your go- where the fuck is a goober exactly? <laughs> Can we please just explain this? Can we get a visual? The um, best one of my one of my favorite parts of the movie. This is towards the end. Um, you see, Buzz Aldrin has a little radio. And he, he throws the radio towards the camera, obviously in, in zero gravity, and it just kind of rotates. And, like, you can hear the song that's playing, and you can hear it, like, yeah, fade really cool. in and out. And then they go the full studio <laughs> version. And, like, all the lyrics so, fit perfectly in with, like, pretty much the story that the movie is telling. And it, like, they start cutting yeah. down together. It's more of, like, a montage at that point of, like, how did we get here? And it's so good. I love that part. That part's really it's good. really fucking. So here's good. my uh, also great so thing about you... this: if it got nominated for best cinematography, all the astronauts and all the kids, like they would get nominated. Like it literally has cinematography by like Buzz Aldrin and like all these other people. It's really, it's, it's really good. I mean, so it's proper documentation. Said, uh, That's who did it. <laughs> what you had said about Leaving Neverland is when documentaries get released, they try to play off this new information as like the first time this information has been seen. 
and that's kind of my issue with Apollo 11 is like they none of it's new. The footage has like, not been public before. The, fo- the footage is new, yeah. But like, if you see like this angle of the rocket getting launched, like or like, like it's cool to see these new shots and stuff. But like, nothing new is brought up except for new visuals, right? Okay, but like, uh, so the like the there's no new for documentaries about. of like see so and so like you've never seen it before. I would say this one it, it it was a completely different experience than just watching like clips of the moon landing. The one that I think beats everyone by see it like never before is of course they shall not grow old. Yeah. Which I won't shut up about. Sorry. But David, what's yeah, your what's, I don't know. I like what's it. you got another film or are we done? I do not. We are done. Oh my god. That's, that's it. What, what a great ending. God, it took so long to get one? here. Yeah, fuck it. We're done. <laughs> um, so he, this is where we get to the really weird part of the show, which is going to be our main segment of the show, which is uh, March Movie Madness. Yeah. In lieu of it being, guess what month it is, Ethan. Guess what month it is. Do you know what month it is? Marchuary. Shit. Yes. Farch. <laughs> it's It's Farch. For our Farch episode, we are talking about March Movie Madness, uh, where it's kind of... So, the way we... Comp- it, we have a bracket of eight movies. Should we talk about how we got to now the bracket? You, well, that's why I was just about to uh, get oh, into excuse uh, so me. Go right ahead. ahead. So, the way we came up with these eight movies is each of us came up with a list of ten movies. Now, these aren't our favorite movies, but these are movies that we think are very, very good. Mm-hmm. Not in our top five, not in our top ten, but movies that we... Yeah, movies that we like, but we won't be like, How dare you say that that Paddington 2 doesn't move forward, you sick son of a bitch. Really? In your top five? No. Okay. Maybe. Uh, And then each person... I'll never tell. So we we each had a list of ten movies, and then we exchanged that list Mm -hmm. of ten movies, and the other person picked... Two well, we cut out we, we cut out movies it... that we hadn't seen from the other person's list, so that we have both seen all of these movies, yes. which took longer than it should have. Because Ethan has not seen a long, long list. David, of you cut out the same amount from mine. No, about the same amount, not the for same the amount. first list. You just, I just got it right the next time because I know you. <laughs> That's true. Well, I just wanted movies that I really liked. Um, that I like. Um, so then once we got that all done and we had two lists of 10 movies that each person has seen all of them of, mm-hmm. we, ex- we then picked two movies each from the other person's list that we wanted to make it into the bracket. And then we also picked four movies on that same list that we did not want the other person to pick to make it into the bracket, leaving four movies left over for the other person to pick two of, which would make the bracket. Does that so make sense? So there's eight movies that are going to battle. <laughs> there's, yes. You just said... So many different numbers back to back to back. <laughs> We're choosing well, between eight movies. I just want to make it clear. David, can I get a drum roll? Right. So, uh, I don't know what I should drum roll. I have a glass table. It's going to sound so bad. Coward. Keep going. Welcome to March Madness. I am your host, Ethan. I'm joined with my guest commentator, David Getty, and we're going to break down the best movie from this list of eight. We're going to do it very arbitrarily and just through conversation. There's going to be no actual scoring metrics. <laughs> yeah, Welcome that's to the weird thing. March Movie Madness on Is, CBS. We have no way to figure out what movies go on. We're just going to talk about it, figure it out, kind of bullshit our way through it. So... I don't think we're going to say all of our challengers until we get no, to them. No, we're going bracket so by bracket. First, 
we're going bracket by bracket, but we're not going to say these are all the eight movies. We're just going to we're going to start with our top two, and we're going to keep moving mm-hmm. forward. So for our first matchup, we have Birdman. Or the unexpected virtue of ignorance. I should fucking kill you. Yeah. You weren't going to say Versus, the full title, you coward. I wasn't. <laughs> Versus Rear Window. Or, as David wrote it on the bracket, Reed Window. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to make a bracket look pretty. <laughs> I, I been it spelled wrong. I'm not very good at spelling. Two pretty different movies, I, huh? Well, reading Reed Window is a beautiful, <laughs> uh, beautiful film about reading in a window cell. Look at Birdman. You know, a movie about a bird who thinks he's a man. Whoa! Wait a minute. I think we watched different movies, David. No, 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 no. We both watched the 2007. Birdman. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. The movie about the bird who thinks he's a man. Uh-oh. With but Michael lives his Keaton? life as a cat. No, no, no. As uh, Michael Catton. Uh, the the cat who thinks he's a bird, <gasps> but is actually a man. What? Fuck it, I want that one this to move is... forward. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> so... Um, which, what's, what's your gut check? What do you think should move forward? My gut check? Yeah. So Birdman, I, dude, I really fucking like Birdman. And it's, it's weird because a lot of people I feel I've heard talking about how Birdman's a bad movie. And I don't understand that in the slightest Should we just bit. move Birdman for, well, okay, we should make an argument for Rear Window, right? Well, Rear Window is, I think, the, like, one of the def- like when I think of thriller movies, you know, I think of Rear Window. It doesn't lose like, as like, much of its tension on rewatches as you would think it would. No, not at all. But it does uh, lose and I some. Also, I also love the just like the it's such a classic like Hollywood like set that they have. You know, yeah. like it's so cute. And what I if we're talking about crazy it. sets? Birdman. Oh, Birdman is a a technological achievement. Of its own. Like, it's something else. But also, which movie... Well, that's not... I'll, I'll do you one further. They really broke his leg for Rear Window. <laughs> no, they did, no, no, they did not. Which movie, though... Tom Cruise did. You have to ask yourself this. Which movie... Which movie... What am I asking myself? Influenced. Which... You have to ask yourself. Which movie is the inspiration... For one of Shia LaBeouf's launching point movies, Disturbia. Hmm? Hmm? So my vote's for Birdman moving forward. Are you going to answer the question, though? My vote is for Birdman moving forward. You really don't like Rear Window? I No, I, re- I think they're both good films. I just like Birdman more. You don't like Alfred Hitchcock? They should have used more drums. Um, it's so hard to say. Bird. I just don't think they talked about Edward Norton's very nice, very full penis enough in Rear Window, <laughs> or in Birdman. <laughs> um, I like Birdman. It's it's it was original and fresh and took risks. I think Rear Window follow it, it follows conventions really well but i think it also set up those conventions what conventions did it follow up during its time yeah but so it but it's hard to kind of remove that thought from my head you know what 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 
it, it's, it's one fair. that like because so many people have copied it, it it can come off. Oh, a little... because it was such a it's such an influential movie that it shifted the entire world of film. It shouldn't move on. It's, that's your that's your argument. Wow, David. That's your argument. I think they're both good. I'm just telling you which one I'd like to move forward because I have a personal. Preference. How many movies has Birdman influenced? Birdman over Rear Window. How many movies has Birdman influenced? David, do you really think influence is all that matters in today's world? Do you really think only the people that show up on People no. magazine are the important people? What about the doctors, the scientists, the engineers, the Alejandro Inuartos? Yeah, Birdman can move forward. <laughs> I really like Birdman. All right, okay. Birdman is moving forward. It was a it was a tight fight, but Birdman's moving forward. And you guys can feel <sighs> free to disagree with us because we're probably wrong. <laughs> yeah, you probably are wrong. Our next matchup. Uh, is two recent sci-fi X films. Machina versus Arrival. Both great. This is. I'm so happy these two ended up matching up because we also did the the brackets randomly, mm-hmm. and it, it, it they it kind of perfectly paired things up because yeah they really these, do. <laughs> like there's another sci-fi movie later on in our bracket. Oh. But and all three are just like staples in modern sci-fi. I think I they're oh, they're just so good. I don't know which one I like more. I, re- I I very recently watched Arrival and I was like, yep, this movie still fucking kicks ass in every <laughs> single way. And then like I watched like Ex Machina like three months ago and I was like, fucking love this movie. Uh, one of the best movies I ever saw in theaters, not knowing anything about it. I I knew nothing about I this movie. I think Arrival's gonna edge forward way more than Birdman. Really? You gotta ask round. yourself this. You gotta ask yourself this. Mm, best dance scene ever. Definitely Which movie Machina, has it? but like the yeah. arrival as a whole, I think is way stronger. Which movie? Which movie has just like a cliche happy ending? Which one has a cliche non well, not cliche? No, hold on. One has a cliche happy ending. ending if you're a robot. We don't know what, how that story ends though. You're Maybe a robot. It's everyone. a really good ending. It, it is until she murders the entire human population. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> Are you? Do you? Uh, do you really think Ex Machina is better than Arrival? No, I'm just trying to give the uh, the underdog a fight because otherwise we're just gonna agree on everything. <laughs> I think. And like, I really do love Ex Machina. Like, it's hard. This is where it. it, it that, it's yeah, hard no, no, for no. Me that's the thing. Like a top we, ten list. I think it's safe to say we, both of us, love all of these movies. Yeah. So I don't want to slam dunk him, you know? I know. I'm just trying to give Ex Machina a fight because, like, Arrival is probably, it, Arrival's the best alien movie ever. Like, I could say that and not, like, feel bad about it. So Arrival moves forward. We got another Denis Villeneuve movie. So our next bracket is Sicario and <sighs> Children of Men. I'm going Children of Men. That's my vote. I'm going Sicario. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> I figured you would. Yeah. So Sicar- let's, let's like, talk about it. Okay. Um, there is no sequel to mine that worsens the original movie called Children of Men, Day of the Salandio. Saldana? That is true, but I, that is not that's not that's not fair. That's not Okay. Fair. You can't bring you can't bring you can't bring this fucking sequel in. Um Denise not attached to it. More impressive technical achievement in mine in Children of Men. Here's my issue with Children of Men. Do you think? Children do you, Men, wait, I mean, hold on. Do you think Josh Brolin and Clive Owen were playing pretty much the same character? Not at all. Not at all. All right. 
That's fine. Hey, Josh Brolin. Hey, in Sicario, is... does Michael Gambon have really long hair and loves gardening? <laughs> and just smoking? <laughs> he's a pretty awesome character. I think but you should rewatch. Does, uh, you should rewatch. Does Children, children of Men? Of Men it, it's really have, hold up. Ha, does Children of Men have the uh, the pinnacle, most important character of the entire movie? Have her name be Key? Oh wow! Whoa! Are you telling me she's the key to everything? <laughs> what is that? What's that name? Did you know that was her name? Also, where do we find out that she's the? Where do we find out? I don't want to ruin children or men, but where do we find out the important part about her? Is it in a manger? All right. Oh, I got a question wow. for you. No, and the, uh, do no, you no, see no, that no, nail? Is... Can we hit it on the head? <laughs> Can we just hit like this, just a little David, harder? David, I got a question for you, and this actually is yeah. kind of a hard question because I don't know if I know the answer. Better tense scene in a car because Ooh. they both like two of the, like the strongest point of both of these movies. I would say it's that. Um, right? I'm gonna say yeah. No, you're definitely right. The very good car scenes. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm gonna say Sicario. I think. Is it has a better I think so because it's tense but is it like super impressive Sicario's tenseness holds out throughout and it builds it has a building point that it's building to you know what it's building to and when you get there it also has smaller factors that add to the suspense of it where you find out certain things about other characters right I'm trying to be David I as much as I love Denis Villeneuve I don't think I can but justify two of his movies children, breaking forward. I 100% can. Children and Men, on the other hand, though, it has the the shot, the <laughs> the actual gunshot. I'm not I'm not talking about the single take shot. I'm actually talking about the gunshot, where once that happens, the rest of the the, the suspense is basically just hitting reverse and driving away, right? Mm, not really no because then you have like I mean, the cops follow them again you have basically that whole like it built up to like hey maybe this relationship maybe maybe the the grim future actually there is some some chance to rekindle something that was lost and then it's like kabam <laughs> blammo <laughs> fuck you i see what you're saying but it also has a cgi uh ping pong ball so i mean so you also have a almost completely wasted use of Daniel Kaluuya in a movie. Co- comparing his supporting role in Widows but that was to Sicario, he, was he does fuck he, wasn't even, all. he hadn't even had, like, any, like... He had, Michael he Gambin does more than Daniel Kaluuya. I think this is going to be a tough one, because I really, I really want Children of Men to move forward. I really want Sicario to move forward. Well... This must be a Mexican standoff, like Sicario. Do you... So, do you get it? Sicario also has that, or Children of Men also has that stupid video game that the kid's playing, like the art dealer's kid. I don't know if he's an art dealer, but I he has art in his house. You're really finding like the smallest things to. That's because they're both like near masterpieces. But I That's don't true. like the key name. I don't like the manger scene. I do not like both of those things. I think those are both such like. That is something that would be in a bad movie. I didn't really like Emily Blunt's character in Sicario. What? I don't hate her. Which one of these movies has John Bernthal? Clear winner. 
clear winner. I, that is not a clear As winner. As a cowboy. I love John <laughs> no. Bernthal. John Bernthal is like, John I want him Bernthal in everything. John Bernthal is so overrated. I really like John Bernthal. But are you telling you me Fury? that he made The Accountant a good movie? You pick the you pick a bad movie. I can't. I'm not defending the accountant. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fuck the account. I own the accountant. Uh, My movie didn't have pretty... any co-stars from the accountant in it. Yeah, but yours has Clive Owen. Yeah, who does a fantastic job movies. in this. You know, I do love Inside Man. The night vision scene, even though it doesn't look that great. Okay, no, no, no. that people, night people vision really like scene. I actually really don't like. I know. It's, it's I will say the cinematography of the people... rest is actually really solid. It's not stunning. Dude, it is well above average. Plane, I love Richard Deacon. Sh- but, like, the whole the texture plane. of Children of Men is amazing from start to finish. Okay? Just just that opening scene alone where you get all the exposition you need without it being, like, too chunky and like a boardroom meeting where a guy in flip-flops is telling you the plot of the movie and what it's going to be. Instead, it's Did going you like to the be ending? you see the world and all the stuff is like a side sidebar without it being too crazy. Did you like the ending of Children of Men? Like the actual Children like, of Men fi- has, like a final has better exposition, better fight scenes, I'll say it. What? I will I will give you better acting, better script. I don't think I can give you. I also can't what? give you better directing. You're out of your mind. Because Alfonso Cuaron oh. did a, did a much better job with Children of Men than. Again, I feel I feel so dirty shitting on these movies. I feel like a bad rotten boy. You should. You're big rip, bad rotten boy. Um. And also, like, we just let Arrival go through. And Arrival is a far better movie. Than Sicario? I don't think you understand how much I like Sicario. <sighs> I just, I... I really don't think you I do. I really don't feel like it's fair to all the other movies that Denis Villeneuve gets one, two on his list we anyway. It, we will give it to Children of Men. Hell yeah. Children of Men and Blade Runner are two movies that when I first saw them, I wasn't that big of a fan of. And then I rewatched them in like both of them. I also definitely recommend for, for you as well as everyone else, rewatch Children of Men. <laughs> I've seen it recently. It's so good. I don't like the French lady. Don't That's like her. I think she's very cliche, but like... I don't, David, the chi- David, this next one's whack. The, Are you this ready? next one is one of the weirdest matchups. <laughs> this is such a weird, uh, weird matchup, but they do have some stuff in common. So here is our final matchup of the new movies, and then they'll fight together, the winners. The Imposter and Pan's Labyrinth. So, The Imposter is a a documentary. Yes. um, About a possible imposter. Made by Bart Layton. Sorry. It's a fantastic film. Yeah. Who, this is the movie that he made before, uh, American Animals. Mm -hmm. He's so interesting. Like, what... The Imposter was always one of those movies I would recommend to people if they never, like, if they were like, give me a good movie, I was like, you gotta see The Imposter. Because, A, they would, there's 0% chance anyone's ever seen it <laughs> that I would recommend it to. And yeah. it's fucking just like, it's one of the most, like. It's it's a very, it's like a hidden gem. It's, yeah, dude, it's the definition of a hidden gem. 
because it's constantly flipping the story and what's happening. Um, it, it it balances a lot of who the the villains of the the movie are. It, it shifts the dynamic of like, how could you do that? To like, wait, how could you do that? To then again, how so could the, you do that? It's really the imposter really is. The imposter is about a family whose youngest, I think, youngest son, goes missing. And they receive a phone one call day, from from Spain. They get a, that they yep. say that hey, your son's been found in Spain and in a phone booth. Sh- shit ensues. Yeah, and it uh, just goes crazier and crazier and crazier from there. <laughs> on the other hand, though, we have Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo <laughs> del Toro's I think love child of a what movie. A, I think it's such a weird matchup. I don't even know how to compare them, David. Pan's Labyrinth is the like definition of g- gothic fairy tale oh yeah absolutely uh it's it's so it's so like disgustingly beautiful yeah you know <laughs> like like when she's under the tree ophelia is under the tree with the frog it's so gross uh, the pale man gave me nightmares for like a decade Oh yeah. When did you? How old were you when you? Far saw this? too young. So my my really? oldest sister was watching it, and I think she was probably too young to watch it. <laughs> and she's four years yeah. older than me. So I saw this like, I so I got into Guillermo from Hellboy, which is a weird way because that's like a lot lighter. Yeah. Guillermo, and then I was like, oh, I'm I'm gonna go check out like this movie because like it's getting good reviews. Like the poster looks cool, mm-hmm. and then I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, what am I watching? I rem- I had it on. And- it was a trailer on on one of the Lord of the Rings movies because <laughs> some of the people was, from was Lord really? of the Rings worked on it, like the visual effects. I that's really weird. I'm sorry. Um, <sighs> man, they're both really good, but very differently good. Their connection and is they both have Spanish in of- them. <laughs> Yes, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, I think will go down for like one of like the most like terrifying villains, who will never be brought up as like best villain, you mm-hmm. know, but he's fucking scary. You know the the, the stepfather. Hmm. Were you not? Were you, uh, do you disagree? Sorry. It okay. So guys, we're using Discord now instead of Skype, and it cuts out on you. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it cuts out on me. Too. It's it's the um, voice activated one. We'll we'll tweak it and fix things, but yeah. But I was saying how the stepfather is like one of the scariest. Oh my god! No, he's terrifying in film, and he's, he's an actual war criminal he's, and the worst. He's somebody who will never be brought up though when being discussed about like greatest villains of all time. You know, well, even though so okay, be. one thing that Pan's Labyrinth does exceedingly well is the balance between supernatural horror and natural horror. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are equally yeah. scary things that have to do with the crazy monsters, like the Pale Man. But then there are also, like, intensely, powerfully terrifying scenes of just human violence. I think Pan's Labyrinth is a better movie, objectively, on all fronts. But I know people won't watch The Imposter. Like, it's more likely that they'll watch a movie from Academy Award winner Guillermo del Toro. Then they'll watch from the uh, documentary from Bart Layton. Right? I don't know. What What's your justification here? I gotta have Pan's Labyrinth move forward, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. I mean... I- With a heavy heart. I, I think 
Ex Machina and The Imposter are the two underdogs I knew wouldn't make it far, but I wanted them so badly to be on the list at all. When you saw when you put The Imposter on your list, I was so happy and so disappointed in myself for not thinking of it because I fucking love right. Because see, the thing is, it's like it's weird because these are the ones that we want to champion, the ones that like get overlooked and pushed down. Oh man. <laughs> Um, so, wow, this is, a. Uh, so for our semifinals, we have... Man, this is tense. Birdman versus Arrival, and Children and Men versus Pan's Labyrinth, so... Oh, God, so, uh, I let's guess... let's get started with, uh, jump Birdman versus Arrival. <sighs> I mean, I know who I'm going for here. I'm going for Arrival, big time. I think, I, I, like think I agree. I think I agree. Yeah, I, I don't have yeah. a lot to argue with that. I love both of them. I think... I think I have a stronger personal connection to Birdman. Like I love the the style and aesthetic, and it's a super fun energy. Yeah. But I gotta I gotta give props to Arrival where it's due. You know, that is a solid Arri- film. This- like hands down, like from start to finish, and like it's use of the use of the Kuleshov effect down to the the creature design, down to the sound design, down to the soundtrack. Oh my god, it's beautiful. I also think Arrival <clears throat> is doing so much, like, genre juggling, mm-hmm. where it, it has that, like, sci-fi thriller, but it's also, like, a political thriller. Yeah. It's a romance And, like, movie. a family drama, and then also going yeah, in. Yeah, and it, it's just doing so much, and everything works perfectly. Like, there's no, like, you don't feel the tug between the genres. Everything is just working And side characters together. that easily could have gone in a, in a poor way, like... Um, Forrest Whitaker or Jeremy Renner that we haven't he's, like there we've seen other movies where they have just been fine. They were both pretty solid in this. Yes, uh, I also really like just the setup of the actual arrival, like her going to school and then like seeing the like the outfall of what something like this would be like at a college campus. Oh yeah, you know it's really good. Yeah, no arrivals moving yeah. forward. Children of Men versus Pan's Labyrinth. Uh both pinnacles of early 2000 movies. Mm-hmm. They're both early 2000, right? Yep. Both uh, stepping stones for fantastic um, Mexican directors to then get more oh. expensive big budget films and then resort back to their more artsy films that then get them Academy Award wins. Which I... Because I mean, with Karan, you went from, from Children of Men and then you go to Prisoner of Azkaban and then you go back to... Well, you had Gravity, but then you also go to... Uh, Roma, and then obviously you go from Pan's Labyrinth to Hellboy, then back to to Pacific Rim, and then back down to Shape of Water. I think Pan's Labyrinth should move forward. Really, really. Yes. I fought hard to get to get Children of Men forward. I love both of them. There is, they both have amazing craftsmanship, but Pan's Labyrinth is far riskier. It, it takes more, like, that's a movie that easily could have been super bad. That could have been Troll 2. <laughs> but instead it was Pain's so, Labyrinth, and it was amazing. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with I either one moving forward, though. Because I really like Children and I love the world Children and Men is set in. Which is like this, like, modern day post... 
dystopian future where everyone's just living. Yeah. It's not like there's a great evil. They're all just like, I'm living here. Yeah. And, like, there are these, like, random, like, little, like, terrorist attacks that are going on. And, like, you see them and you experience them. But, like, you're not, like... But, like, but they're never, so... Like, the they're, fo- not, like, they're not as normal as they are in a movie like Brazil. But, um... Yeah, and it's, like, it's not where, like, Clive Owen is, like, the target. But Clive Owen just happens to be coffee mm-hmm. when one goes off. And, like... Yeah, I, and it I has a great like... texture to the world all around it. I'm cool with either of these moving forward, David. I will let you decide. This is tough. This is really tough. I don't know. They're both good. I, um, I can't I can't argue against either of them moving forward. <laughs> like, there's so many scenes. Like, the bus scene and, like, the... Not, like... Is it basically, like, a detention center mm-hmm. in Children and Men? Which is, like, so, like, perfectly set up. Like, the production and, like, the background actors and stuff. It's just, like, it's 100% all the time. You know? Yeah. <sighs> but then you have... Fucking pants like Like I said, I'm leaving this to you, David. This is so tough. Um, I fought my my whole butt off to get Children of Men this far. I think I'm gonna go. Fuck. I, uh, with Pan's Labyrinth. Alrighty, I'm totally cool with that. Pan's Labyrinth moves forward, which brings us down to the very last one. This is so no, weird because no. I don't know who you're fighting for before. Before oh. we get here, David. Oh yes, yes. I just want to quickly point out how great all of these movies we listed are. All fantastic, well, they're all really. I would and say I'd like to, if I'd you... like to quickly oh, jump in. Yep. Um, if you guys remember our January episode, um, where we mentioned some movies coming out this year, I'd like to quickly give my review yes. of Kim Possible. Oh, if you okay. if you will allow me to do uh, so, this is an interesting point to put it. <sighs> because I I think I think we need to remember how bad movies can be. Yeah, they can be very bad. Let me quickly pull up my letterboxed review. Does does this movie have the Nako? It is there, and it's awful. About... <laughs> is it really? Yes. Kim Possible. No, no, no. A movie where a CGI naked mole rat eats a nacho taco hybrid dish. See, it's literally my first line. I know what a nacho is. The nacho. The nacho. Dr. Draken drinks at least seven gallons of milk in one sitting, and yes, I counted. This made-for-TV film opens with Pat Oswald playing a character which I can only describe as a bumbling Nazi balloon man, squaring off with the titular Kim Possible. Luckily, his German-themed antics are quickly dispatched... In an over-the-top, clearly using a rope and sped-up series of kicks and flips. Soon after, though, we meet a cast of other characters. The absolute queen-and-a-half Shigo, her milk-drinking, villainstagram-using partner-slash-boss, and homemade doll enthusiast Dr. Draken. There are an exhausting number of problems in this film. Even a play-by-play of, of all the awful moments could equal the length of the Britannica quite quickly. Whether it's the cracking sound effect when the Chaos Emerald is removed from Dr. Kraken's ass Kraken, Team Golden Girls mm-hmm. featuring the lady from How I Met Your Mother, and Grandma Kimono Possible making the Zendaya and Homecoming Girl look as white as possible makeover scene, the jail cell made completely out of light bulbs, the scene in where Kim Possible does seven backflips in order to pick up paper strewn about on the ground, and another flip 
to put loose, unorganized paper into a backpack. David, at 42 minutes and 27 seconds, the completely CGI naked mole rat Rufus appears, and I cannot describe with words how unfathomably awful he looks. It's almost Lovecraftian, in effect. Also, the Taco Nacho Naco made its live-action debut, so if he exists, we know that God has abandoned his children. The Kim Possible live-action movie was Icarus. Icarus levels close to Rufus flossing. Luckily, we were spared. But with every atrocious technical aspect, with every single cursed frame of this picture, I move closer to the sweet release of death. The sitch, as it turns out, is that watching Kim Possible is like watching a train that was carrying a large cargo of horse excrement derailing directly into an orphanage and pet shelter double building. And by that I mean it's incredibly entertaining, if only because the sheer terrible event you are watching is outlandishly and cartoonishly awful. <sighs> Sounds really good. Where did you watch this, by the way? I bought it. <laughs> you bought it? What did you buy it on? It's on Amazon. You 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 paid money for it. Mm-hmm. I just I want everyone to remember how bad it can get. <laughs> There's so many bad <laughs> films, and we've picked okay. two fantastic films. We started out with arguably ten fantastic films on each of our lists that we whittled down to a total of eight movies between the two of us that are absolutely amazing, fantastic movies. And now we're down to two, David. We're down to two movies. Before we get there, I need I need everyone to also know that there's a movie starring Lindsay Lohan, uh, one of the greatest actresses of our generation, called Among the Shadows, hmm. where the plot synopsis is a private investigator must unravel the murder of her uncle while keeping the secret that she's a descendant from the line from a line of werewolves. <laughs> How good does that sound? <laughs> There's a Sonic movie coming out this year. Hey, guys. <laughs> it gets bad, but it also gets really good. Uh, a perfect way to... Uh, uh, Let's. Can yeah. we just talk about these movies so we can forget about Sonic the Hedgehog's gross, bad face, legs, and hands, and whole you know body? What's annoying the fucking life out of me is how people are... Like, people are justifying Sonic's look and saying how, like, the Pokemon... The Pikachu movie look bad. And I'm like, dude, the Pokemon look great. They do. Like, I think they look really fucking good. <sighs> like, it's not like I'm Christopher like... Robin where you could make an argument either for or against them. It's yeah, just bad. But... You yeah. know what's good, though? These two movies. Arrival and Pan's Labyrinth. So, I think it's weird because I'm going to be going with the movie that you actually nominated. Uh, I'm going for Arrival. <sighs> Damn. It like. I feel like we got to talk about this one a little bit more. This is this is it. This is the. Are you one. also going for Arrival? I I'm leaning a little bit more towards Arrival. But there's so much in Pan's Labyrinth that's fantastic. I think it's very. If I would have seen, Pan's Labyrinth more recently, very easily I could have been going with Pan's Labyrinth today. That's the thing. That's the thing. It really like I keep. Switching back and forth between them in my head. Hmm. Hmm. Damn it, David. Mm. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll I'll say I'll say Pan's Labyrinth is what I'll probably be going for because okay. So here's here's some of the things. There is a 
Arrival, it's all in the delivery. Right? Like, you, mm-hmm. everything in that movie is about how it's delivered, which is almost flawless. Okay? Yep. There is so much in Pan's Labyrinth that on its own also stands out phenomenal. Like, I wouldn't say in Arrival there are specific scenes that stand out on their own. It's more the the movie as a whole fits every nook and cranny perfectly. But there are certain shots in Arrival, like, I will never get out of my head. Like, that first shot where we see the ship and, like, you have the fucking, like, clouds or smoke coming over the hill. That is... Okay, but also, like, the creature design in Pan's Labyrinth is phenomenal. This is, like... I really like the aliens in Arrival. I would but say this is one of those every stuff. single monster in Pan's Labyrinth is better than Oh no, the I, I was that's what I was going to say. Is, okay. This is like one of the times where for creature design Arrival easily loses. Yeah. Like the stuff that Guillermo came up with for Pan's Labyrinth is it's just insane. Even like the fawn is great. Oh yeah. And it's amazing. I forget his name. The guy who was actually in the suit, he's so Doug good. Doug Jones. At all yeah, he's so fucking good. Yeah, I will say one of the one of the biggest issues I think I probably have with Pan's Labyrinth is there are a couple of spots where the pacing could be a little tighter. Yeah. Um. I mean, but I, I think if Giro made Pan's Labyrinth today, I think he would have made it tighter. Yeah. But I mean, I'm also okay with it having flaws because that kind of think... fits into the theme of the movie as well. The more the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm edging towards Pan's Labyrinth win. I just think I think Arrival is a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> I... That's the whole that's the whole argument we're trying to do, well... David. <laughs> but I think like even, like, the emotional... I was going to say, like, but Pan's Labyrinth wins me over an emotional level. But I don't even think that's true. Like, I think... I think... I think watching that relationship develop... I think the characters in Pan's Labyrinth are, are, are stronger. Um, I think, again, the whole thing with... Arrival is just the delivery and the polish and how it's I don't know. Told. I, think, I think there was some seriously good subtle acting from Amy Adams in Arrival. Like, her first trip into the ship, and then her, like, after effect. Like, her, like, almost, like, PTSD reaction from that. And then, like, being worried about, like, how did I do? Like, did I do good? And Forrest Whitaker's but also, rea- like, But also, when her hair goes floaty, it looks kind of bad. Well. <laughs> Speaking of when things go floaty, they look really bad. Goose floating around in Captain Marvel. <laughs> Sorry, that's just what I pictured when you said hair and floating. <laughs> Yo, for um, real though, true. It looks so bad. I also, I just think Arrival does more. Are you saying that the the family relationship in Pan's Labyrinth is less complicated than the one I'm saying, in Arrival? I'm saying that the way, I'm saying, okay, if you look at like this aspect of the film, both movies are handling like, like, like political aspects, right? Pan's Labyrinth has a civil war going on with it, and Arrival is handling like the communication of countries and what happens when those countries stop talking back. Like one does a lot more with it than the other. Like the civil war is like, like so small, 
even though like they, it could have been so much bigger it should have like because that's a pivotal part of the movie but they don't really do that much with it it's just it's so hard to say not a rival i think i've decided david ex machina is the winner of the bracket because of the dancing Fuck you. You know what? I can't believe I didn't bring up flip-flops for the defense of Sicario. I would have used it as the detriment. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The footwear in that movie is... Oh, All right. So, so okay. Good. For for Pan's Labyrinth and Arrival, I will I will let it go to Arrival, but it's Ooh. very tight. It, very, it really is. It's very tight. It's hard to fight against these movies. I know! <laughs> and that's why I would almost... I would be interested to see if we could redo a list of this... Where the list that you come up with is movies that you know I don't like, but that you do like. Oh, That'd be a hard no. list to create. <laughs> Why? Because you won't like it when I slam dunk your movies. I'd be okay with it, though. You, I know you hate my, some of the movies I let's, love. Let's, let's, let's do that next year for March Madness. Alrighty, if we remember. It'll actually be like, make um, me mad ness <laughs> What was that one movie I really liked that you hated? Your biggest disappointment for last year? Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? No, no, no. Oh, Simple Favor. (laughs) Oh, was it? Simple Favor is fucking garbage. Yeah, that's fine. I wouldn't put that on my list. Okay. Um, So, the winner, the clear winner for our March Movie Madness bracket is Arrival. God, they were all really good movies, though. 2017? What year was that? 2017? 2016? Arrival of 2016. Wait, no. Was it? Yeah, it was 2016. It was the same year as Moonlight and um, La La Land. Stacked year. It really is. David, it's a fix and pitch. Um, fix fix pitch. on a pitch and a fix uh, on a pitch. Uh, fix you a pitch and a pitch you fix and I'll get it on the pitch and I go with it. Hey, yo, what's this ditch? I caught a snitch. I caught a snitch. Give me a 500 points, you bitch. Time for a fix and pitch. That was, it's uh, the ever-present segment with the ever-changing theme song it's fix and pitch is that has that always been how you've introduced it it's gonna be (laughs) so i am pitching this time and you are fixing this time and i'm gonna go pee real quick because i gotta pee so fucking i've had to pee since like 30 minutes into this i will be right back okay figure out i'm gonna turn a light on in my room because it's gotten dark since we started recording sometimes you've Pitch it, sometimes you fix it, and that is okay. You are in a kitchen, you have a knife. Stop pointing that knife at me. Time to listen about my fix and pitch for these movies. Are you trying to figure out a song? <laughs> I was uh I was riffing a couple of different <laughs> fix and pitch songs. Let me do one more nice. real quick. <laughs> Please no. Uh dude, Discord is very Cuddy. Give me a pitch. Give you me know? a fix. Take out my wiener. Give it a licks. Nope, not that one. Not that one. We're not doing that one. <laughs> what in the fuck? <laughs> and, <yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't even know. It's a fix and pitch. It's a fix and pitch. Don't you know what to do? You give me a fix. I'll give you a pitch. And then I'll turn the mic back over to you. You do the pitch this time, I do the fix this time. Together we make time for each other. Because we love each other. Fix and and pitch. (laughs) Um, I broke my toe the other day. What? 
Yeah, dude, it's really fucked up. Did you actually break it? Yeah, it's like really bad looking. Why? Why'd you do Uh, that? I don't mean to, but it really sucks because it's on my left foot, which is my bad foot, because my big toe, like, I also broke, and like, it was like pointing straight up. Wow. like three years ago. Wow, that was a really subtle Daniel Day-Lewis impression. Wait, what? Ah, my left foot. (laughs) <laughs> have you seen it by the way no <laughs> oh. what are you pitching to me today david is it my Am left foot first my right foot no but so this is both feet this I, my pitch is a documentary following three individual teams of of indie filmmakers mm-hmm. and their journey of getting their movie funded you know, probably trying to get their movie into festivals and, like, watching that entire process go along. Because I think that's a really interesting thing that a lot of people don't see. It would be very yeah. much so in the, in the same vein as Indie Game, the movie, where it followed, you know, a few uh, independent game developers. And, like, one person actually had, like, great success and the other person, like, just kept, like, wasting, like, hours and hours and days and days and years and years on this game and never actually got to to... Uh, to launch. Yeah. Holy shit. That actually sounds so good. It'd be really cool. Can we think of some I, titles for it? It'd be Sun Dances with Wolves. Indie movie, the movie. Um, well. But originally, my 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 first thought of this was I think it'd be really interesting to see a documentary uh, of like the production of either if we could like. Not, well, not even this. not even like the production of, of like a independent or a well, short film, but like well, no. the 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 distribution part of it. No, 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 that that that's one pitch. My other pitch that like led me into this idea was the production of Lord of the Rings. As a documentary. That, as a documentary, because I mean, I think they, I think if you buy like the big enough Lord of the Rings collection, you actually get that. And then that also made me think it'd be really cool to see something with the production of like these Avatar sequels. Because they're, oh, fuck, they're shooting, like, f- four of them, like, back to back to back to back. And, like, no film has ever done that before. I would Cameron fucking... Doing I something re- crazy. Sorry, I really like that pitch about the, the, the indie film, like, festival circuit. It'd be awesome, right? That's so good. Yeah. Fuck, I'd watch that now. I Right? Oh, my God. That's so good. Thank you. David, I got a really Pretty. quick fix. A, a quick fix? Uh, quick this... and fix? Oh. Fix and fuck? It's a quick and fix and a pitch and fix and a good name. Do it a quick and do it quick. Fix and pitch. What That's another are we fixing? Uh, we are fixing 2019's The Unicorn. Did you see The Unicorn, David? Is that a short? No. It's it's a full-length film. The Unicorn? It's a no. Is this the one with uh, Lauren Lapkus? It and sure Lucy is. Hale? Yes. So Lauren what Lapkus, Lucas Hale, and... Have you seen this? Nick Rutherford. Is that his name? Yes. Okay. So I'm a big fan of both of these two people and have been following their give, can comedy I, can I read careers the plot for years and years and years. Real quick so people know what it is. Yes. An indecisive couple facing the fourth year of their engagement finally decides to take the next big step and have a threesome. Oh, wow. Did not expect <laughs> where that was going. <laughs> um, um, okay. So wow. here's, here's the thing about the unicorn. This is directed by Schwartzman? Yes. Yes. Robert Jason Schwartzman's brother. Weird. It's Jason Schwartzman's brother actually directed it. That's a fun fact. That's... Huh. Okay. okay. Sorry. This is... 
a surprisingly sentimental sex romp. It has a real sweetness and tenderness to it that even the softcore porn-esque sequences, there's always an underlying emotion that pulls you away from that. Whether that's like anxiety or just like uncomfortableness or anger. Um, that like the, the usual, a lot of the times that they're like their threesomes are like cut off or averted. It's not really ever like a comedy reason. It's like, oh, not understanding the best way to communicate your feelings to another person or like not understanding the reasons why you want to do something. It's, it's really solid. Um, so how are you fixing this? I'm gonna replace one of the actors, and I feel bad for doing it. I'm gonna do nothing. I'm gonna leave it exactly. Here's the thing. There's one. There's one scene that uh, just really didn't land right for me. And I think the core parts of like what the scene was trying to prove, or like the point of the scene, were really good. Even the lines were pretty good. It was just so everyone plays a really down to earth character, even if them as a person are not that. They're, they're more zany. Like, Lauren Lapkus is, like, wild. <laughs> right? Um, and, like, super fun. I love Lauren Lapkus. Guys, have me be on fordom. I'll be the fourth on, on threedom. Don't worry about fordom? it. I'm just, I'm pitching myself as an applicant to a better, more successful podcast called threedom. A double unicorn. <laughs> Beck Bennett's character in the unicorn really does not fit in this one just felt like it was just a little too much from beck bennett and i love beck bennett he's one of my favorite like sketch comedy artists of the modern era hands down easily like ever since like the beginning of like dude your mom's a milf dude dude totally (laughs) but in this one it was just too much and I was trying to think of who I'd replace him with, and I don't necessarily think this is the right answer, but this episode's already kind of long, so it's going to be the answer. I'm going to replace his character with Timothy Chalamet, just to give it more groundedness and, like, I don't know, serious thought. That's that's it. That's my fix. David, hello. I cannot hear you. I don't know if you're talking or not, but I can't hear you anymore. I just realized my mic was muted. I was like, why is he ignoring me? Oh. Why is he not talking to me? <laughs> Let me talk to you. Was it just muted in Discord? or? Yeah, I think it was just muted for your final pitch part. Um, I was going to say, that. where did you where did, where did you I see the it? unicorn? Yeah. Uh, it was playing at the Southdale Theater. Um, I think it's really funny that I have this stack of Blu-rays that eventually we'll do giveaways for. And two mm-hmm. of the movies are Pan's Labyrinth and Children of Men. Wow. You're going to give those away? Well, David, we've talked a long time on this episode. This is a really long episode. I'm sorry, guys. We're, or maybe we, you're we were welcome. We are so good at keeping the episodes short. Like, we were doing really And now really this good. one's like... They were all like Damn. A sub... Like, they were like all right around an hour. Um, Alrighty. This one's going to just... Alright. Uh, there's probably enough I so, can cut out. You think so? Maybe. I think it'll come down to like an hour twenty. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It'll still be we a little bit. We talked about longer. a lot of stuff. It was good um, though. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, listening. I sure enjoyed yeah. recording it and editing it. This was a fun episode. I actually really like this one. I like these uh, bracket episodes. Yeah, it was good. 
It's good, and it, we it's not a format it's we've kind of tried before, so it was interesting. Well, if you probably tell, I think what we could do next time is we could add categories to each thing. So, like, did this one beat the other movie in, in style, like, substance, script? script? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I think that would be a lot easier because otherwise it's just like this one. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just all about quantifying the selection process. Um, hey, do you guys do you guys have better ideas than doing a bracket episode? Shoot us that email, featurecastquestions at gmail dot com. Well, that is, I don't know what you just said. Featurecastquestions extra dots at gmail dot com. Send us that email, featurecastquestions at gmail dot com. Do you want a free movie? You do if you do you want a free movie? Send us an email. <laughs> you maybe get a free movie. Maybe that'll make me start doing the giveaways sooner than later. If you liked us, leave us a review on iTunes. Give us five stars and also give like the episodes actual like written reviews. They don't have to be super long, but like anything boosts us, baby. Tell your friends about us. Yeah. We got a Twitter, we got an Instagram, we got a website. We got a website that the box office page on the website is not updated. It's like Black Panthers, number <laughs> one in the box office. <laughs> well, I mean, isn't it? Like, let's be honest with ourselves. <laughs> isn't it? It's in still it, kind of in this in it. Uh, the website will be getting updated. We we have been planning a sit down to talk and to go over just, what the website yeah. is. We'll figure something we out. We just eventually. But um, for now, we bid you adieu. Twitter. I said the Twitter we both already. Feature cast. We both got we we, we both got feature cast. We both got a letterbox mm-hmm. that you can follow us on. Yep. Uh. Yeah. Yep. Do that. That's true. Where do where do they find you? You're a tiny wizard yep. with uh, no eyes. And no A's. Yep. Just, just G-N-Y a tiny wizard with no I's and no A's. W Z, R D. Do you just spell it? And I have a letterbox that's at D Getty. It's D G E T T Y. And I have seen more movies than Ethan. Yep. But I write reviews for them. I write like paragraphs or sentences yeah. for some of them. You after hearing yours, I'm like, damn, he like he really he he puts a lot of work into these. I'm just like this movie sucked. Fucking assholes. We bid you adieu on this fine day. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed the bracket. Catch up, catch us on the next episode if everything goes as planned. It's not just going to be us. And it's maybe going to be scary. I don't know. Steve gets to pick the topic and I don't know do what we, we're doing. Do yet. we have a topic? We don't have a topic. I yet. don't know it. I think we're just going to. Okay. We'll probably know it soonish. We might do a, like a little side okay. episode of like. Or we'll just jump into it. I don't know. Who knows? We're going to do something with another guy. Just like the unicorn. Wow. That's a full circle joke right there. That's a circle jerking, herking, birking. Bye-bye. Bye. No, that, wait, whoa, whoa, David, David, David. That's not how you say goodbye. Bye. Yeah, there it is. Hell yeah. That's my shit.